hello, and welcome to this new edition of the uh, Probe Ministries podcast. I'm going to be your host today. My name is Paul Rutherford. I'm a research associate with Probe Ministries, and we are a ministry to equip believers to think biblically. We want you, first and foremost, to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have a relationship with him, we want you to think biblically. And if you're thinking biblically, we want you to live a full and abundant life, being an ambassador for him, the Son of God, for Jesus Christ. Today we're going to be talking about uh, the status of the American church, what's going on in the church, what's going on in the church in America in particular. It's going to be an interesting conversation. If you have more questions about it, you can always check it out at our website, probe.org. We're going to go ahead and get right to it. We're going to have a conversation with a coworker of mine who knows a lot about statistics, knows a lot about what's going on in the church in terms of the data, has spent a lot of time looking at research data from multiple groups, and we're going to talk about some of that. My guest today is Steve Cable. Steve, glad you're here. I'm glad to be here, Paul. Great. Hey, before we get going, why don't you uh, share with our listener, fill in more of the, the details and the gaps there in terms of what, you know, what kind of data have you been looking at lately? I know you've been doing it for, what, almost 10 years now? Tell us just more about kind of your credentials, so to speak. Yeah. Your experience. Um, well, my background is in engineering. I have a master's in engineering and specifically communications. And in communications theory, what, we're, what it's all about is pulling out data from the noise. And that's what we do when we're looking at statistics and when we're looking at surveys. So we're trying to pull out the real data from the noise that we get when we just look around at society around us and we see all these things going on and we say, well, things look bad or things look good or what's going on here? And we really don't know for sure. And you know, we're taking surveys and getting data and analyzing it gives us at least a, a greater tool to get insight into what people are really thinking, what people really believe. Okay, so your background is, is in engineering. You've got a master's in that. It's in electrical engineering, is that right? Right, that's yeah. right. Communications okay. theory specifically. A, communications. Oh, inter- I didn't know that. Interesting. Uh, so Steve Cable and I have been co-workers for, what, 10 years, 11 years? You've been as on long as you've Pro. been here. <laughs> yeah, I've been here 11 years, and you've been here how long? I've been here uh, 15 years. 15 years. Wow, okay. Great. And tell us more about your work with the survey data in the past few years. So back in 2009, we started trying to understand what was going on with American Christianity. We're seeing a lot of changes. And I started working with survey data that was available at the time from Christian Smith at Notre Dame, from Baylor University, uh, the General Social Survey, uh, Pew Data. And then we decided, hey, we need to get in deeper. So we took our own survey in 2010. Uh, to look deeper at evangelicals specifically. Uh, and since that time, i And when I've you been, say we, you mean probe ministries. Probe ministries, right. Our, right. our own organization commissioned our own survey. Right, that's right, correct. Okay. And, and we'll talk more about that. But as, since that time, I've kind of tried to keep a, my thumb on the pulse of what's happening in America, continuing to analyze surveys as they come out. And I'll you know talk a little bit more about that as we get into it. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, so being in the, you said the general social survey, the GSS, I know you call that sometimes, sometimes the, the Pew data and others from uh, experts like Christian Smith and folks down at Baylor. And um, I will I will share with our listener that you, you kind of are our numbers geek. You're, you're our numbers guy. <laughs> that, that's, if, that's true. <laughs> if we want to know what's going on in the church, we want data, we want percentages, we're, we're coming to Steve. Hey, Steve, what's the percentage on this? That's absolutely right. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so before we get into some of the the details in terms of the numbers of what's going on in the church and who are the groups and what are they made of and what do they look like and all that, uh, why don't you 
I don't know, why don't you convince the skeptical listener who says, wow, numbers sound boring. Why should I pay attention to this data? Right. And that's a really good question to ask because it's hard to get into. And why why should I spend time on that? And I think that there's kind of three reasons why we can't just rely on our own interaction with the culture to have a feel for what's really happening. And the first reason is, you know, our view of the culture is very limited. We have a limited set of people we interact with. We have a limited geographical place in, the, in America that we live. Uh, we read specific things that we're interested in. And so and we can get a, a skewed view of what's really going on in America. And if we say, well, I could watch a few news programs or listen to a podcast like this. <laughs> An excellent uh, podcast. Yes. Every once in a while, then I'll get, I'll get what I need. Uh, you know, we're, we're sadly mistaken. So we need to um, look to some data, look to some places where we get people who've looked at the data and try to understand what is it telling us. You know, understanding what America looks like religiously before you go on, yeah. I just wanted to make something really clear. What, what I heard you say was, you're going to give us three reasons why we should pay attention to, to survey data. And the first one I heard you just say was, we have a limited view. And so my question is, when you say we, do you mean like we as an organization here at Probe? Or do you mean like we, any particular individual like our listener? I mean we in general, as a general population. Unless we're just involved in this all the time. We're basically basing it based on our interactions, the things we look at, uh, the shows we listen to, the people we talk to, and we don't get a broad picture of what's really going through the minds of, of most Americans. All right. So I hear you saying it's you're saying we in, in general. Right. We generally don't have any particular individual doesn't really have a real be unless you're an expert on this. And that's very, very few of us. Right. Okay, right. great. So was that the first reason? That's so the first you have reason. two more? Yeah, I have two more. Okay, great. So what the, are those? the second reason for specifically looking at this area is that understanding the religious views of Americans and what Americans are thinking in general and doing in general about God and what does God mean in their lives is important to define an effective approach to evangelism in America. You know, you and I are evangelicals, and and we desire people to know the truth about Jesus Christ. We desire them to understand that Jesus Christ gave his life and was resurrected so that they could have eternal life. Um, and as we look at what's happening in America, we see, in general, the church is declining. Uh, and so there's a great number of people that need to hear the good news from just as you, when you talk to a Hindu or a Muslim and you want to share the gospel with them, the way you approach a Hindu with the gospel is very different than the way you approach a Muslim with the gospel. Why? Because they have a basic set of fundamental worldview ideas and beliefs, and they're very different. The question that a Muslim is going to have that you need to answer to get their attention and get them interested uh, really deals about how can Jesus Christ be God? How can he be divine? For Hindu, 
they believe lots of things are divine. Everything's divine. And so that's not their question. Their question is... Yeah, it's a different set of questions. How do you distinguish this God you're talking about from all my other gods? Well, just like that, we need to think similarly. The way you share Jesus Christ in the 1960s in America may be different than the way you need to approach sharing Jesus Christ in the 2020s. Uh, okay, same so, basic message, but your initial approach, your initial conversation, the way you uh, bring up the topic with people may need to be different. The approach. Yeah. Yeah, the approach is different. Okay, so um, I'm genuinely confused here. Straighten me out. Sure. Are you saying then that the second reason that we should pay attention to survey data is because things have changed in the last few years, and so it's good to get a handle on what's going on. Right. We need to understand what are what are people really believing, what are they thinking to the extent that we can, just like we understand what generally what Muslims are thinking, how they think about religion. We need to know what Americans are thinking about religion in general so that we can approach sharing the gospel in a way that resonates with them, that they can hear us. Okay, And so, this data can help us do that. So you're saying it's gospel-centric. So in, yes. in order to share the gospel, in order to build the kingdom, in order to make disciples, we need to know what's going on. That, that was the second right. part that I missed. Right. So we need to know what's going on, A, because things have changed, but B, in order that we might be more effective witnesses for Jesus Christ. Right. Okay, and just, and just I think to, I got it. And just let me add one other point on that. Uh-huh. We, we see that so so well in the life of Paul. You know, he witnessed to, to basically three different groups. He witnessed to Jews, and he would go in the synagogue, and he would start from the Old Testament and teach them about Jesus. He witnessed to the Gentiles in the places where he went, and he started with their need for God and their need for something different in their lives. And then he also went to Athens to the all the philosophers, and he started there from a different place. In a similar way, we need to be sensitive to that if we're going to be effective in, in sharing the gospel. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Okay, what's the third? The, the third point is that you can't necessarily believe everything you hear that people say is supported by survey data. Okay, so don't believe everything you hear in the media about surveys. Right. In the church. And not just not just the secular media, but also the Christian media. Because okay. understanding and using survey data takes some understanding, some practice, some tools, and many pundits, many people who are dedicated Christians who want to share data they found uh, often have not put in that effort to under- really understand what it's saying, and so they... You can be misled. Yeah, okay. So what I hear you saying there is that survey data is one thing, but then interpreting meaning out of the data is another. Right. And so while, you know, the biggest, newest survey could have come out and the headline is going to be, hey, here's what this is, and sometimes may or may not be the best interpretation of the data. Is that right? right? Yeah. So let me give you an example of that. Okay. Within the last year, we run the gamut. We have a book out by Glenn Stanton from uh, Focus on the Family. Uh, it's entitled The Myth of the Dying Church, How Christianity is Actually Thriving in America and the World. Okay, so that title would imply that the church is not dying, that rather the church is thriving. Right, That's the church the, is the, thriving the is in America. Okay. It says it right there in the title. Yep. The same year, in November, we have an article put out by Pew Research, 
The title of that article is, In the U.S., Decline of Christianity Continues at Rapid Pace. So they're saying, in their headline, American Christianity is declining at a rapid pace. The other one says, American Christianity is thriving. Thriving, growing. And I'm pretty sure that thriving and declining are not synonyms. Yeah, no, those are I don't are think opposite. they mean the same thing. Yeah, I see what you mean. Um, so, so it's like media is telling two different, depending on your source, depending on who we're Right, and these are trusted sources. Very different right? stories. Yeah. This, so this is not an issue about, well, this is untrustworthy media. These are trusted people. They're telling us something different. Okay. Possibly. No, that's you know? a good distinction. I didn't I didn't mean to question the veracity or the trustworthy. I was just saying you've got different sources saying different things. And right. so I think bottom line what I hear you saying here, the third reason we should pay attention to survey data about the American church today is that depending on the media source, you're gonna get a different different stories. So what's really going on? Well I guess is kind of the the question you're underscoring or really the question we're trying to answer in this episode today is, hey, what really is going on? What do the numbers say and what do they really mean? Is that fair? Yes, it is. And one of the things that I discovered back in 2009, 2010, when we first got into this process at Probe, and it's still true today, uh, is that those two headlines that were counter to one another, the primary source of data used in the book saying that Christianity is thriving in America are the General Social Survey, and Pew Research. The primary data used in the Pew Research article was, surprise, surprise, Pew Research, and a few examples from the General Social Survey. Um, They were using the same surveys and coming up with different headlines. Back in 2009, 2010. That's very interesting. I looked at multiple surveys with articles by different people. Same situation, very different views. I looked at the surveys they had used, analyzed the surveys. The surveys generally say exactly the same thing. Why? You're asking people questions. You're collecting their answers. They don't have a particular viewpoint. They don't know what's going to come out of it. They're just answering the questions. And so it wasn't the surveys that were different. It wasn't that they found people that had different views. They're trying to get a large group of people. They're trying to find out what the views are. It's how do you interpret the results that you have. Um, That's really interesting because there's a parallel there with the Bible. Because the Bible, especially in our English, modern English context, most Bible translations are there's, you know, four or five really big major English translations, and they're all the same, right? Word for word. But we have different denominations, shall we say, that interpret it very, very differently. Very same word, same text, same source, different interpretations, different applications. And so just as it is with biblical interpretation, so it sounds like with survey data interpretation. Right. Although I would say one difference would be that with survey data, if you analyze it carefully and in a a well-defined manner, then you're going to come up with the same answer. If if you're looking at the top level and just picking out specific questions and then running with those to drive your opinion, then you can get all these different views. Um, whereas 
I'll state that some of these biblical differences, they've looked at them for hundreds of years, looking at them carefully. And it's just a, yes. a different way of interpreting. So, but still, it is. It's a good. It's a good analogy. It really is. Great. Well, I know you wanted to talk about the status of the evangelical church, right? You've been talking about different media, have different answers. So what do you think? How How is the evangelical church doing in America? Is it thriving? Is it declining? Is it static? Okay. The evangelical church is doing much better than mainline Protestants, much better than Catholics at maintaining a core group of believers. However, that core group is not growing, and it's slightly declining over the years. So you certainly cannot say it's thriving, but when you pull evangelicals apart as, uh, from the other Christian groups, it's maintaining with some slow degradation. And in some of the areas related to Biblical beliefs, some of the beliefs are becoming more the world's beliefs than the Bible's beliefs. Uh, but the evangelical church is still in a position where we, where we could have a tremendous impact on future generations in this country, but not if we keep doing things just the way we have been doing them, because what we're doing is barely maintaining our position. Okay, so let me slow you down there, because you said a lot, and I'm not even sure that I caught all of it. But one thing, what I heard you say was, how is the evangelical church doing? And I heard you say doing better than mainline denominations, doing better than some other denominations. At the same time, I heard you say, we're also finding that there are unbiblical beliefs, quote-unquote, seeping into the church. I'll use that word. You didn't use it. Seeping into the church. Uh, and then the third thing I heard you say was this doesn't mean that the evangelical church is ineffective or useless. We're s it's still positioned. We, I'm, an, I'm an evangelical. You're an evangelical. We're both outspoken evangelicals. So we'll just admit that. That's, that's where we're coming from. But we're still in a position where we're poised to be effective for the kingdom. Right. We've been declining slowly over the last 30 years, but slowly. And so we have a significant group of committed evangelical Christians, but those committed evangelical Christians are not creating an evangelical explosion. They're not creating an evangelical growth in, in American culture. Uh, so I think this data is telling us we need to really consider how do we best communicate the truth of the gospel in a changing society to get a hearing for the truth. Uh, because just looking at the data, it says we're not. Because evangelicals, by our very name, are supposed to be sharing the gospel, and we would expect, if we're doing it effectively, that we would see the church growing. Okay. So you're saying because the numbers of evangelicals in the most recent data isn't growing in the last three decades, last 30 years, uh, you would say basically in, in a functional sense, judge the evangelical church as saying like, hey, my determination is you're not growing, you're probably not sharing Christ on the whole. Or not sharing it effectively. Effectively. Okay, great. I know a lot of these surveys have focused in on a lot of the work that you've done, a lot of the reading you've done is focusing in on the beliefs of the church. Uh, in America, what does the American church believe in terms of key biblical doctrine, key 
uh, worldview, things like that. So, Paul, let's first give us some numbers so we understand how many evangelicals we're talking about here, okay. and then we'll talk about what are some of their beliefs and or how does that fit in. Okay. So Pew recently released a report that showed the percentage of evangelicals in America, of all ages, 18 plus, uh, was about 28% in 2009, and it had been about 28% for the last 20 years. In uh, 2018, it had dropped to 25%, so about a 3% drop over that um, 10-year period. It's also the first year in which the percentage of nuns, who we'll talk about some other time, but the people who don't have any belief, uh-huh. right, who say, I'm an atheist, I'm agnostic, I don't believe anything in particular, the number of nuns of all ages exceeds the number of evangelicals. So there are, you know, 2018 on, there are more nuns in America than there are evangelicals. But still, you know, 25%, that's a quarter of the people in America. That's That gives you a good base to share the gospel, to have an impact Okay, so you're society. saying the percentage of Americans who are considered evangelical is about a quarter. Yeah. And that's as of 2009? 2018. 2018. Yeah. Okay. Is that that's the most recent data we have? Yes. On yeah. That? Great. Yeah. So evangelical only needs to win three non evangelicals to the Lord to reach a hundred percent. Clearly that's not been happening over the last thirty years. As Interesting way to look at it. Going down slightly. Yeah. <laughs> it is really. Mm-hmm. It's kind of shocking actually. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, so, so when we talk about the status of the American church, we're talking somewhat about evangelicals among other groups within the church. What you're saying is the scope of the evangelical church is what I would say only a quarter of Americans, just to give us a sense of scale. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. So one of the things we need to ask is, does evangelical affiliation equate to an active evangelical lifestyle? In other words, just because you say, I go to the Baptist church— I go to the Bible church, I go to the EB Free church, or I'm sometimes I go to it. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have a set of beliefs and practices that are consistent with the church that you affiliate with. Or, yeah, there's or a lot comprehended in being a Christian, however you affiliate. What does that mean? Is, right, it, is it just right. on a survey you mark a, a check mark there? Or there's a lot more to it. If we're to get a good sense of, well, how strong are evangelicals in America? How, how strong are they? We need to know something more about what these 25% of the population believe. So as an example, just that kind of shows why this is important. Uh, the 2014 Pew survey showed that about four out of 10 evangelicals have a pluralistic worldview. That is, four out of 10 people who affiliate with an evangelical church believe there are many ways to get to heaven, not just through faith in Jesus Christ. Four out of ten, huh? Four out of ten. That's almost half. That's almost half. And it probably for your thinking, and what I'm thinking is, well, evangelical means <laughs> you want to share the good news yes. of Jesus Christ because it's important for people to know that because it's important for their eternal life. For salvation, yeah. And yet four out of ten evangelicals believe, well, there are many ways to get to heaven. And it's not just through Jesus Christ. So 
I don't need to share with anybody. It seems because... to undermine their being an evangelical. Yeah, it does. <laughs> exactly. But that's not uncommon for surveys to uncover right. contradictory beliefs. That's right. I'm and sure it, historically it begins to... But still, it's important. Yeah. And just as an aside, one of the things I think that's driven that, because that has grown significantly over the over the last 20 years, is that the number of people in America now who have friends, coworkers, people that go to school with, whatever, from other countries, other faiths. And so they they want to say, well, my friend over here that's a Hindu, I, I don't need to share with him. You know, he's, he's a good guy. He's a good, she's a good girl. And so uh, they must be, must be fine. You know, they, they must be good. I haven't seen a survey that's asked that question, and we'll probably include that on our next survey. Matter of fact, we will. But uh, that's the impression I'm getting is what's driving up that particular issue. So you're saying it's being driven out of relationships, out of people being friends with other non-believers. Right. And just sounds like not wanting them to be right. lost. Right. That's your speculation. That's my speculation. Yeah, right. based on I your sense of it. I want to be clear on that. Yeah. yeah. No, that that's good. Filling in the uh, anecdotes of the individual and the and the qualitative is important to balance out the even just the sheer scope of the quantitative. Um, so, what else? Can you maybe give us one more interesting thing here about the status of evangelicals before we wrap? When we look at a very simple set of basic beliefs and actions that a Christian might be involved in we can get a better feel for how many of them are actively involved. The General Social Survey asks these questions every other year. And so I've looked at them since 1976 on, and there are five questions. One, do you know God really exists and have no doubts about it? How many times a day do you pray? Do you pray multiple times a day? How often do you attend church? If you attend church twice a month or more, I'm going to say, well, you're pretty active. And would you call yourself a strong Christian? And so when we look at evangelicals who agree with those statements, we find that it's declining. Earlier in the 2000s, it was about 9% of the population. It's now dropped to just over 7%. So you have 25% that claim they affiliate with Christianity, but you only have 7% that agree with those five statements I just made. When you say 7%, you mean 7% of that evangelical? Uh, no, 7% of the of all, Americans. All, of all Americans. So roughly a third of evangelicals who would agree with those statements. And what were those five statements yeah, again? So, you believe God really exists, and you don't have any doubts about it. Okay. Okay. God exists. You don't doubt it. You pray multiple times a day. Pray multiple times a day. And I think in your life, my life, if I'm not praying multiple times a day, I'm not been staying connected with God. Yeah, I agree. You attend church multiple times a month. Okay. At least twice a month. Church attendance. On the average. More than once. Okay. Right. A month. Yep. What's the fourth? And the fourth one is, you believe the Bible is the inspired Word of God. The Bible is the inspired Word. Okay, okay. so that you can go to the Bible to find out God's truth. Mm -hmm. What's okay. the fifth? And the fifth one is, 
you call yourself a strong Christian. Self-identifying. Yes, yeah. I'm strong in my Christian faith. Okay. Okay. And so only. And so those are recently numbers dropped from nine percent to seven percent. Nine percent to seven percent, which is not a huge drop because you're already pretty low at nine percent. Yes. But I think one thing I want to point out is that's not a high bar. No. No. If those five questions are real basic, they're very basic, and so less than a third of evangelicals agree with those five statements. And you can understand if you don't agree with those five statements, you're probably not real enthusiastic about evangelizing other people about your faith is not that important to you that you would you know, even consider, you know, sharing it with others. And we can look at the Pew survey and they ask, they have a few more questions, but they're similar in nature. And the results are almost identical, about 7% of the population. Um, now, the good news is, is that 7% is not insignificant. You know, if you have enough people that almost everyone knows an evangelical that's a committed Christian. But it's not, <laughs> if it's declining from 9% to 7% over the years, you've got to say, what do we need to do differently in order to be effective in sharing our faith. Right, and much of that is really what drives us as a ministry, as an organization here at Probe, is just what we see going on in the large, these wider trends and our, our desire that if you wear the name Jesus, then you should be answering yes to all five of those questions. That, again, that's not, that's not a very high bar. That's not a high expectation. All of these things should be normal, for the, the believer who's going to church and plugged in and connected to the Holy Spirit. You know, and, and if you're hearing this and you're thinking, man, I, when's the last time I shared my faith? I just want you to know that the famous missionary and founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, Bill Bright, would often teach that typically people don't share their faith for a, a number of reasons, too. In particular, one, they just don't know that people don't know the gospel, and that, two, if they did, that they wouldn't want to hear it. Um, they're just, they just not, they must not be interested in God, but neither of those is the case because a, a lot of people haven't heard the gospel and B many people who even would, they do want to hear this. God put in us a need to hear from him, a need for a relationship with him. And so wherever you're at, I just want you to know that it's never too late to get equipped and to find answers. And if you need answers, those are also at our website at probe.org. You can check out our website for you on, on how to learn how to share your faith. How do you share the gospel? Those are things that we would love to help you answer those questions. But yeah, Steve, to your point, that, that's right. We would love to see a church in America that is more vibrant because it is identifying with any of those five indicators about church attendance and praying and your belief in God and the amount of certainty you have about your faith and who God is and his identity and who you are in Christ. At the same time, sharing your faith. Um, I, I'm with you. I, I would love to see that number go up. What can we do to help our brothers and sisters be more effective, more confident ambassadors for Christ? Um, one thing I want to bring up here, which we may want to include or not, but as kind of a closing thought, well, going back to those two book and article that I brought up at the beginning, uh, that seemed to paint a very different picture and to say, well, what, what's the story there? Let me say that in the book by Glenn Stanton, he took the data that said, well, evangelicals, particularly very, the core evangelical group that we're talking about stayed relatively constant over the years. And he was looking at even a more stringent set of questions or standards from the GSS. Uh, and so you had about 3% that stayed constant for the last 40 years. 
Well, he never mentions that it's just 3%, but the 3% is pretty constant. And then he he got excited about finding that data, and so then he decided that, well, there's signs that it's thriving, but he didn't really look detail at the data. Uh, on the other hand, Pew, in saying that the U.S. Christianity is continuing its, its rapid decline, that's combining Catholic, mainline Protestant, and evangelical. And so Pew would tell you that, well, evangelicals have been falling. They haven't been keeping up with population growth, but they haven't been falling very quickly. Um, and so they're not saying that evangelicals are in rapid decline, but U.S. Christianity's whole is in rapid decline. But the Pew is also not saying that we're thri- uh, evangelicals are thriving. And I think when you look at the data, it's very clear that we're not thriving but we're in a position where God can use us to begin thriving in this culture. Um, we don't have all the answers, you know, exactly how to do that. But at, here at Probe, we're working hard to understand what the generations in America today are believing and thinking so that we can effectively present the gospel to them. Yeah, that's well put, Steve. And so I thank you for sharing your insights today. Thank you for sharing the findings of a lot of hours of research and reading on these statistics and these surveys and what's going on. And I also want to just encourage you, listener, uh, now you I hope you have a much better sense of, of what's going on in the wider church and not just in your congregation or just in your city, but to know what trends are going on on a national scale. And that, and that allows you to be more effective as you share the gospel. Or if you haven't been sharing the gospel or if you're afraid or whatever, I, I hope that you take that next faithful step so you can be an ambassador for Christ. So if you have more questions, feel free to check out our website, probe.org. These types of articles are already posted, again, by Steve Cable. And if you have questions about other things, we run the gamut in terms of questions. We answer worldview, Christian apologetics of all sorts. There's a whole section of our website dedicated to articles like these that Steve has has, uh, done. You can navigate to our website, probe.org. You'll get a sub-menu, and the next thing you want to click on is called Cultural Research by Steve Cable. If you have a question, feel free to email us. Steve, it's been a brief conversation today. I feel like we kind of kind of sheared off a tiny top of the iceberg so we're definitely gonna have you back and uh, record another episode to talk about a myriad of other topics related in terms of what's going on in the state of the church in america today so steve i've been glad to have you absolutely i look forward to getting back together with you great